to another episode of Not Just Rainbows and Unicorns, a podcast made with love in Kalamazoo, Michigan by Nicole and Michael Van Putten. We take topics we find interesting and we research them online. Then we get together each week and we talk about them. You can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. There you can review show notes, add your comments, and send questions and suggestions for future episodes. Well, happy podcast day, Nicole. I know this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. You're, uh, you don't have 100% of your voice, so the audience is going to hear a lot more of me talking today. And uh, so I thought maybe we could just talk about our past week. We had all kinds of interesting adventures. We, um, like a really high level, we had um, challenges with new insurance. I started a new job a couple weeks back, and the experience in working with the insurance company has been more of an adventure than any other company we've ever worked with before. So I figured we could chat about that a little bit. Um, also locally in our neighborhood, um, we went yesterday and visited a garage sale. It was kind of a sad but interesting garage sale. One of the most senior people in our neighborhood passed away. It was a guy who I think, uh, he might've been a preacher or a teacher or something of that sort, but he was in his eighties or nineties. He passed away. His family had cleaned out his house uh, listed it, it like sold in under, I don't know, 36 hours or something like that. And so kind of having the experience of going through and, and seeing his life from the perspective of artifacts that he had gathered. Um, other stuff that you think would be interesting for us to talk about? Anything you would want to add to that, Nicole? I know you tested out a couple new uh, recipes this week for my birthday, which is coming up later this month. I I did I did a uh, a test uh, birthday cake for your birthday. Yeah, it was a, a chocolate birthday cake, and and when you did the test bake, when it came out of the oven, it tasted amazing. Probably like the best chocolate cake I have tasted that of the keto variety in a very long time. And I think we both were a little bit disappointed at the end of the day after it cooled off. We um, tried it again, and it was definitely not the same experience. Yeah, usually when you do ketogenic baked goods, they cool off and they taste better. And this one cooled off and it tasted worse. So it was a uh, it was a dupe of the really famous. Hershey's chocolate cake. I guess Hershey's has a really famous chocolate cake that you add boiling water to. And this is a ketogenic copycat of that that I didn't even know existed. I think the ultimate goal for this particular cake is to have it become an ice cream cake at the end of the day. So we were kind of hoping that this would be a delicious foundation or delivery mechanism for an ice cream cake, and I know you had mentioned ganache on it, which just made me hungry thinking about it. I'm sure knowing the magical baker that you are, that you will come up with an alternative or you'll try other recipes or will make the best of this one. I think you had tried to freeze some of it to see if that had any impact on the the flavor because sometimes it has. It's odd how much baking can vary with keto ingredients versus like 
folks who can buy a Pillsbury or a Duncan Hines mix at the grocery store, and it comes out kind of like the cliched, delicious, moist, texture, yummy cake that you could just eat with or without frosting. Yeah, that's why you have to do test recipes. Yeah, and I guess it's a good reason to do test recipes far ahead of when you need them. Um, so kind of going back to what we were talking about uh, during the intro, it has been an adventure of insurance this week. We um, switched from Blue Cross Blue Shield with the old job to United Healthcare for the new job, and it's been a bumpy road just getting confirmed for the plan. Uh, we did a bunch of research ahead to find out what was covered and what wasn't because we just wanted to be able to work within the scope of the plan. And then when we went to actually try to use it, a lot of the care that Nicole needs was denied. It seems kind of like their move is whatever you request initially, unless it's like the most generic medication or the most basic doctor visit, their first move is to deny it. And they won't talk with the consumer about it, but they they will talk to the doctor's office. Like the doctor's office, in, in addition to having try, to try and provide care to their patients, they have to also call United over and over and over. I would think for like this initial set of refills, we have probably spent 20 hours laboriously trying to figure out who we can talk to, what information they actually need, and all we've gotten so far is three denials from the process. It's just, it baffles my mind that so many different places have to go through a battle like this with insurance and at least with united it seems the way they've done things is they have like medical care that you can receive like doctor's visits is handled by the core united Healthcare, and anything with prescriptions is farmed out to like a separate entity who maybe is part of united or or not and they have all kinds of process and typically the rejections take about two weeks to process so it's like two weeks to a month and a half of communication to find out if you can have even some of the most basic medications it's been a lousy experience we've i guess been very fortunate up until this point to have um, very kind very thoughtful healthcare providers and with this we're getting to experience what i guess a lot of average americans experience when they go and try to get health care and the, the thing that's so wild about this, I think, to us is that this is really expensive healthcare. It's like way, way more expensive than what somebody might get out on the healthcare.gov exchange. So it's not like we bought the least expensive um, health insurance and then are expecting to have deluxe service. Like we bought the most expensive health insurance you can have and can't get the most basic care that we need. It just, it, baffles my mind and um, I don't know it seems like one of those things that everybody's aware of but as long as it's not affecting them nobody's really passionate about it and I don't know the the legislators can pass rules about prior conditions and different processes are brought up to be in compliance with that but just essentially make it really really inconvenient and frustrating to try to get care so you have to run the gauntlet for that, and that's the way they handle things. I, I don't know. It's been a frustrating experience. I don't mean to get up on a soapbox and rant or anything, but uh, it bugs me the most because 
Nicole, I care about you. Like, I don't care if I can't get medication for myself, but if a loved one can't get the care they need, it's really aggravating and frustrating. So we'll continue on in that adventure, I'm sure. Maybe we'll find a way that we can switch to a different carrier and maybe that will be better or maybe this is just the way health insurance is for everybody now in the United States. Yeah, it's, it is really, really, it is really frustrating. It's, it's aggravating because everyone we've talked to at United has essentially passed the buck to someone new and no one really has any information we were given a case manager and even they weren't able to help us and we were told they could help us and we had an appointment and we were and we had to wait a week for the appointment with them we were we were kind of excited because we thought oh we're gonna get a resolution and the resolution just never happened this was after two weeks of trying to follow whatever their process is right And just to make it clear, Michael's employer has been nothing but exceptionally helpful. He has just been amazing, just gone above and beyond to help us out. And The people selling the insurance and the people providing the insurance are not, they're very polite when we talk to them on the phone and none of them have answers to anything and all of them refer us to somebody else with the promise that that person might be able to help us. And then that person's like, no, I can't do anything for that. You need this other person. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been pretty stressful. And everyone we've talked to, all of my doctors have just kind of sighed when we've said, oh, you have United Healthcare," And then there's a big silence and kind of a sigh on the other end of the phone with a, Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, we learned that doctor's offices have an entire office team that all they do is handle insurance rejections from United Healthcare. From United Healthcare. That that's their job is to submit requests and get rejected and try to figure out the way to do it. And like they they describe the process as being very easy. They have a special web portal that uh, the medical professionals can go out and say, we think that this is the care that our patient needs and here's why and the evidence and everything else. And it seems like they pretty much get a rejection letter regardless of what they write. So then they get to do an appeal and the appeal has to have all kinds of additional details of proof of why they as a medical professional think that care is needed. And then that gets rejected. And like, I think the, the, caseworker RN that we spoke to said, well, what you need to do is have the doctor call the health insurance company and say that they need to talk to the health insurance's medical review board to work out care or or to change the way they prescribe medications so that whatever they're prescribing matches the doses that they're willing to pay for, which really, I, I mean, I can't imagine a doctor having time for every patient that they have because like right. doctors have 20 40 60,000 patients that they take care of as a whole just by themselves with their staff could you imagine that if, if they have to make a call to united or to other healthcare providers every single time after multiple attempts of just having the basics of you know like 
this person has a health condition. I, I think one of the things that you found online was somebody who was saying that they needed insulin because they were diabetic. Yeah, there was there was someone who had multiple sclerosis and they had been on a medication for a very long time and they switched over to United Healthcare from another plan, I don't know what it was, and they went to the pharmacy to get their medication refilled. And this is a medication that is literally keeping them alive, saving their lives. And the pharmacist said, We're sorry, but your health insurance through United Healthcare and the pharmacy side of United Healthcare is called Optum Rx. And they said Optum Rx won't pay for your medication anymore. You and, don't need insulin. <laughs> well, it wasn't insulin. It was for multiple sclerosis. Well, I don't. There know. was a case that you had told me about somebody with yeah, diabetes that was, and insulin. That was someone else. This is a whole nother. Yeah. I mean, there was someone with diabetes also, but I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds of people that are in the same boat that we are, and it's really, really sad. It really is that people have health insurance and they can't use it. Which is exactly what it is. They you can have, pay for it. Yeah, you have this policy that you're paying for, and you're not allowed to use the policy that you're paying for, which is just, it's so bad. It's really bad. It's kind of like healthcare isn't for preventative healthcare. It's really for if you are a victim of an act of God, then the healthcare will cover you. But even then, you're paying a huge, huge percentage of the cost. And and it's not like these companies aren't profitable. It's not like their senior leaders aren't being paid millions of dollars. So, you know, how are they getting those millions of dollars through the bargaining power that they have on rates? And I'm guessing denying a lot of claims. So it's it's very, very aggravating. And it makes you feel helpless because... As an individual, there's nothing you can do. I know as we were looking into this, we were considering self-insuring rather than using insurance through the employer. And gosh, if you think it's impossible to pay even more for even less, take a look at that and try to get some health care for yourself. It, it makes it a lot of sense where a lot of people just give up and they just don't get medical care and they just live miserable lives because they're in pain or they're suffering and everything. It's really, really discouraging. So it's therapeutic for us, I guess, maybe, in part, to talk about it on a podcast. We don't quite know what we can do, but we will continue to follow their process, which takes weeks and weeks and weeks per drug that each person needs. And just send us your virtual hugs. It's such... Such a great rodeo and so frustrating because we did so much due diligence ahead of time to try to make sure that this plan would cover things. And there was like some details that they just wouldn't give us, but they said, oh yeah, that doctor's a network. Yes, that medication is covered. And then turn around and say, well, the medication's covered, but not for the use case that you're requesting it for. And it's kind of like, well, what use case is there? Well, we don't know none <laughs> or like a rare instance where it's the only thing that's going to be the difference between you living or dying or whatever else i don't know it kind of seems like the state of affairs of the world today of it's just i don't know so that's topic number one 
insurance. Watch out for it. Uh, don't choose United Healthcare if you have an option. I'm not sure if any of them are better than the others, but it's really an awful experience, and you're kind of on your own. The laws are what they are, and do you versus a system that's in place designed to make it hard for you to get access to what the purpose is of the insurance, which is to get access to health care in a reliable and consistent way. Let's talk about the housing market. So the uh, the neighbor that passed away, I think his name was John. He was such a sweet, sweet guy. How old was he? He was in his 90s. Yeah, made it 90 years. He uh, He lived in a really tiny house that um, backed up to a little tiny lake. It's really, really pretty. And kind of the amazing thing about this little house, aside from its curb appeal, it's really a little house, so it's probably not even sufficient space for a family to move in. Like, there are not multiple rooms in the house that would serve as a bedroom. And this house, I think, sold for like $300,000, which just blows our mind we've been hearing all kinds of tales about how the housing market has gone up and how locally and across the country realtors cannot maintain an inventory of houses and houses are going for oftentimes double or more what they would have maybe 10 15 years ago and if a house goes on if a a house is listed for sale it like sells within a day and a half. Like no home inspection, no bargaining, and sometimes for above asking price, which is I, I guess is great for people who are selling houses, but it just blows my mind because I, I just think if I was buying a house today, could I afford a house like that? I'm not sure that I could. Um, and you know they were going through the process of cleaning the house, getting it ready to be listed, and there were a lot of items that they wanted to donate, I think, to Goodwill and couldn't because Goodwill wouldn't come out and pick it up. There was like a lot of probably high value items that they could easily have sold and they were not interested in picking it up. So they had a garage sale. I mean, what a smart thing to do. So we were looking through this and it's kind of like the classic man and his tools. He had you know, lots of different tools in his garage, really organized boxes of nails, containers of tacks in different sizes. He had light bulbs in every configurable option you could potentially need. He was well prepared and he was well organized and he had things under control. It was just, it was kind of interesting looking through the the tables of things and uh, possessions that they were selling and I don't know. I saw a lot of myself in it. He had like the same brand of playing cards and poker chips and dominoes, like literally the same package that I had growing up. And he had some pretty recognizable things like classic Tupperware. And um, there was these little glass pitchers, uh, like pourable like pitchers that hold water, that, but like little miniature versions of it that Nicole recognized that her grandma had collected. Um, lots of LP records, a really neat, uh, kind of credenza that had an, a record player in it. It's just kind of a snapshot of what was popular, what was important, what things did, 
he gets for comfort, for memories, for spending time with friends. And, um, yeah, it was just, it, for me with where I'm at in life, it, it felt more relatable to me than I had ever had before. I could see a lot of parts of myself and possessions that he had or interests that he followed and enjoyed in the array of things that he had for sale there. And I'm probably being way more philosophical about it <laughs> than you, but I was definitely kind of feeling that vibe as I was going through and looking at all of the things that he had there. What was your impression um, of that experience? It was just, it was leftovers, I think. I think that probably his family had taken the sentimental things and it was just whatever was left over. I think that there probably wasn't a lot there. I think John was very minimalistic and it was just what was there. Um, they probably sold the appliances or gave them away to friends or church family, and that was that. The house wasn't very big. It was like 1,200 square feet total. The house was really, the house is really, really small, and it sold in less than 36 hours. It sold really, really, really fast, and... I'm so curious to see if maybe they're going to tear it down and build something larger. I don't think on they'll that tear spot. it down. I don't think they'll tear it down. I think they'll probably renovate. It's a couple that's our age in their forties, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. They're they're our parents' direct neighbor. We live kind of across the street from our parents' kitty corner, and they have a really nice view of a lake. It's lake from property. But it's it's a really dated house. What what date is that? Is that like seventies, eighties? Uh, it could be. It, it it looked kind of like a house that had been outfitted in the fifties or sixties in terms of the what the kitchen looked like and kind of the accoutrement of of everything. The, Still uh, a very cute house. Right. Not criticizing it, and he took pretty no, good care of it and everything yeah it, it's a meticulous house the the realtor photos obviously make it look like it's huge because the the camera lens but my mom has been in that house a couple of times because they kind of made friends with their neighbor john and she said that that kitchen is really 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 small so it will be interesting to see what they do with it what do they call it a two-butt kitchen <laughs> where you're back to back with somebody yeah. else in there it's, it's not a galley kitchen but it is it's pretty small i'm looking at the photos right now online and and I'll... talking about the photos i think this was one of the you you and your mom are very interested in housing listings and things like that and yeah i, exploring I like stuff. looking at real estate I, it's just a thing for me i i'm curious about the inside of people's houses it's something that i'm and curious this... about this was one of the first listings where we saw photos where we thought, how did they get that photo? Because it was a photo of the back of the house from the perspective of the lake. Right, like and, in the middle of the lake. And Nicole, with keen observation, said they must have taken that with a drone. And right. I mean, it makes sense. Drones have been around for 10 plus years now. But that's the first time that I've seen it used for realtor photography. And I mean, it kind of makes it look amazing from the perspective of the lake yeah it's a really nice photo it's actually a great photo of the back of my parents house it's, yeah. a, it's a really good photo 
Um, yeah, it's in the middle of the lake. Obviously, they didn't take like a hot air balloon up there or an airplane because we would have seen that being it across the street from our house. But it's obviously a drone shot. It's a great photo of the back of the the lake because there's there's not very how many houses are on the Avril Lake like there's like six six or so six or seven maybe well on our side if, if you said all of it it's probably a dozen or so all the way around it's not a huge lake it is not a big lake like if you put one pontoon boat on that lake it's it's a lot of boats one boat is a lot of boats on that lake yeah it is not and it's a big kind lake. of mucky not like super swimmable water but it has a beautiful view you've got geese and swans that have nests and, and things there it's very beautiful the one thing that they're going to discover probably really fast is that during the winter, because this house is situated um, at the very end of a main road. Right, yeah, and, and, and it's a curve. And, it, and it's a curve um, that people go to. And every single year, multiple cars are going too fast break skid and wind up in the yard yeah they crash into john's yard and we're not talking like a curve as in oh just a nice gentle curve this is this is a major curve yeah this is a really big curve and people miscalculate their speed and they there's lots of the signs summer, they just don't they hit this the sign the sign goes they up, take the signs out <laughs> they do the signs go up they replace the sign and within two weeks the sign goes back down it yeah. just is the way that road works and th the people who buy that house they they don't know what's coming it's not a big deal it's just it happens every house has its pluses and minuses and the minus of that house is you get excitement in the form of cars landing in your front yard yeah <laughs> and the aftermath of people kind of sitting in the ditch between right. the road and the yard, right. scratching their head, surprised, like, yeah, I, I didn't know that was going to happen, or why me? Right. It's like, drive a little bit slower. There's a reason why there's signs saying, slow down. There's like a 90-degree turn up ahead. Right. And the turn goes downhill yes. from from there. It's like, uh Right. They could start like a social media channel or a YouTube channel, I suppose, and make a make fun, not fun, but they could they could blog about accidents. Right. Yeah. Which I guess people's is, life stories appear well, out there. Yeah. That's what we would probably do exactly. if we lived we in would, that house. We would monetize the the pain of other people. <laughs> yeah, we would make it a very very fun thing. So. Coming back around to cake, because, <laughs> I mean, that seems like a good topic to talk about. Um, what are you going to do next for trying to find a, a replacement cake? Or are you going to keep trying to use the one that, that you had? Or are you going to fall back to a different one? Because I know that you've got a couple recipes for chocolate cakes. I am going to try to use the cake that I made yesterday and make it into an ice cream cake. And I, if that doesn't work, I will, um, I will use my standby chocolate cake that I know is a good chocolate cake. But I, I mean, unless you want a different cake for your birthday, usually I make you a yellow cake with chocolate frosting because that's what you like, or you like uh, the blueberry zucchini cake. I can put all these recipes on our blog too. 
you like a blueberry zucchini cake um, that has lemon in it that I usually don't eat because lemon and I just don't see eye to eye. So I can make my usual chocolate cake or I can try you've something different. Options. You've been you've been baking for so long and you're such a pro at it. I don't know, that might have to be a podcast episode one of these days of Nicole's tips on cakes. Get me talking about pop culture or video games or things like that. Well, we have managed to fill another half hour of time talking about stuff that's happening in our neck of the woods. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we break for the episode? No, I'm good. Cool. Well, you all can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. Like we said before there, you can view show notes, add your comments, and you can send us suggestions for future episodes. We appreciate you stopping in to um, listen to this episode, and we hope to catch you again next time. Toodles. Bye.